I remember in school, it's people were listening. Someone came to San Jose State and they said, all you need is one good shot in your reel that will change the game. And I was like, oh, we'll take that person because we could see something inside them. Don't feel discouraged for what you lack and find what you really, really love. Welcome everyone to Straight Ahead, an animation podcast where we spotlight rising black, indigenous, and people of color who are the future voices of the animation industry. I am Raymond Ozalanda, one half of your co-host. And I'm Yuki Okamura-Wong, the other half of our whole host. Our guest this week is Eddie Clark. He is an African-American artist working as a storyboard revisionist. Would you mind telling us a bit more about yourself? Hi, I'm Eddie Clark. I'm a storyboard revisionist for the Proud Family, Louder and Prouder, uh, season two. And it's glad to be here. Awesome, man. We're so happy to have you on. Yeah, thanks for thanks for coming on on short notice for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, it was so cool. I was like, oh, my God, I, I've been listening to you guys since you guys started when you guys all um, posted about <laughs> it. Really so I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm always going to support, you know, my people, um, my stricken headmen. So I've been listening to you guys and we'll get more into that. Like, you know, but uh, what a journey. Oh, and it's been a pleasure to listen to you guys. So when you guys asked me, I was like, oh, my God, yeah. I was shocked. I was like, oh my God, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Well, before we get into the interview, the way we like to start off on Straight Ahead is by playing a little game called (gasps) In Between. You might have heard of it. (laughs) It's so cool that, like, you know, I know what you're going to say because, like, I've been listening. So, like, yeah. I was like, you're going to play a game. We're going to give you two similar choices and you have to choose in between the two of them and let us know why. Ooh. Uh, and as usual, I'll start us off with the first question. Who would you rather have as your power-hungry uncle? Hades from Hercules or Scar from The Lion King? Power-hungry uncle. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I probably would pick Hades because I love Hercules and he's just fun and witty. But did you know Scar? Like, I think he ate. You see, the, I think he ate. Mufasa, because <laughs> you know, if you look back at, at the old scenes, he has like the skull in his mm-hmm. hands, and you know, lions oh, yeah. will like eat other lions in real life. So I'm like, that's too much for me. You know, I want you eating my family. <laughs> the idea members. of it, like, if you're gonna kill someone in my family, just like just drop them off. Like, don't be eating them. That's that's so weird. So Hades couldn't handle the the animal <laughs> aspect of it. <laughs> no oh my god i was like it's some, that's crazy so i think i asked that correctly but i think hades i i guess like that's that's fair hades honestly is more fun between the two i feel like hades is definitely a funner uncle compared to scar i feel like scar is definitely like a like you know a mood killer but yeah just jealous <laughs> oh huge downer <laughs> <laughs> no i guess both tried no because i guess like scar was more successful in killing off your father well, mm-hmm. Hades is constantly trying to kill you. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, well, hopefully I have the same strength as Hercules. Like you would be Hercules. <laughs> the same, like, you know, circumstances yeah. as him. True, true. But I think just because I like Hades and has blue hair. Yeah, I, I'll go for it. Like, <laughs> I'll, I'll try it. You know, I'm fine with being yeah. the target. Yeah, I think so. I think I'm fine with that. Okay. How about you, Yuki? <laughs> I also feel Hades, right? Like, just so fun. Yeah. Like, even though he is trying to kill you, it feels kind of like a Team Rocket situation almost where it's like, oh, you're always like uh. antagonizing me. But like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. 
we're having fun. <laughs> oh, plus, I think um, didn't Hades? He didn't. Have, he didn't have a song in the movie, right? Sadly, no. Right? No, that would have been great. Though, yeah. I don't think so. I'm gonna pick that because I don't want my uncle to upstage me. No, no. no. So I'm, I'm gonna do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. What's the Hades song? Dude, he didn't sing. I think I would agree with all of you. I think I'll go with Hades just because I think if he was Hades was actually my uncle, I think my for sure me and my other cousins or we would always try to blow out his hair. I think that would just be a fun thing to do. Oh, at, at yeah. gathering. I would for sure be doing that constantly. Yeah. Have you ever watched like the old TV show? Um, yeah. Hades. They had so many situations where Hercules met his cousins. And oh. so that was so cool. Like they had crossover episodes where uh, Hercules went and met up with Aladdin. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Back Oh, I love those mm-hmm. old Disney shows. So. I know they're kind of like corny because they were like made for yeah. TV, a little bit lower budget, but I just thought it was so fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So Hades all day. I right. think cousins to mess around with him. Perfect, perfect. All right, last question. Which mischievous trio would you rather be the uncle of? Huey, Dewey, and Louie from DuckTales or Alvin, Simon, and Theodore from Alvin and the Chipmunks? Hmm. Disney answer again. It's gonna be DuckTales. <laughs> like, wait, wait. I'm talking the classic DuckTales or like the more revised, up to date DuckTales. What, what? What? What would be your preference? What well, my preference for for easy sake, you know, the old school ones because they all had the same voice. They all had the same thought. <laughs> You know, like, y'all come over here. They're all like, okay, yes, Uncle Donald. And then, you know, they're going to just come right away. <laughs> the new one, oh, but they're so feisty. I love their energy. Like, I was going to say the new pers- one. Like, the personalities. Yeah, they really bumped it up. Oh, okay, man. Let's, let's say new then. Okay, probably new the new for- ones. Like, I mean, keeping Donald <laughs> on his toes. Can you blame him? He's got a lot of work to do. Even Scrooge has a lot of work to do. You know, it's a family affair. Yeah, I would choose a new uh, school DuckTales because the personality is there. I love them. Yeah. Uh, interesting. See, I would want to choose the one that I feel like has the least amount of work. I'd rather be the uncle of Alvin, Simon, and Theodore because I feel like the only one you really need to watch out for is Alvin. Right, that's like, true. Simon, Simon and Theodore, like, Theodore, give him a sandwich. He's fine. Simon, he can take care of himself. Like, it's Alvin. Like, Alvin's <laughs> the one that you have to sing a yeah. lot and watch. I feel like Huey, Dewey, and Louie, they're all mischievous on their own. Like, it doesn't matter if I separate them. They're all going to be causing shit. That's true. true. Yeah, yeah, yes. Okay, yeah. I, I see your point. I see your point. But Alvin, ooh. But I don't want to feel like He's I'm, like, singling like, him three, out. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I like that answer, too. Okay, that's good. That's good. <laughs> what about you, Yuki? Uh, it's hard because... Chipmunks or ducks? <laughs> I, I feel like I have, like, such a soft spot for uh, rodents. And especially Theodore, he was always my favorite. I just think he's so cute. He's so baby. Look at him. I want to protect yes. him. But it's like, uh, Alvin is, like, actually such a pain. He's like, <laughs> I would be so angry trying to take care of him all the time. Right, you can't spend time with your other nephews. Come on. Yes. Uh, I mean... Yeah, like, because you're always running around trying to, to chase him down. Uh, this is really hard because, yeah, like you said, in the new one, Huey, Dewey, and Louie, like, have such fun personalities. And I mm-hmm. feel like even though they would get up to trouble, I could at least, like, communicate with them and, like, I don't know, have, like, a real relationship. Like, they feel like people. <laughs> they do. Mm-hmm. And, like, I love that they can, like, you know, at the end of the episode, they kind of feel like... They're like, oh, yeah, for the betterment of the family. 
Yeah. That's the kind of vibe mm-hmm. I still kind of feel. Kind of so. come together. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I'll, I'll go with Huey, Dewey, and Louie, but just know that I love Theodore, specifically. <laughs> <laughs> just for the record, hold on. Just for the record. <laughs> well, I got, a, I got a bonus question for you, all right? I know I said last question, but I have a bonus question for you. Which Disney princess dress would you rock to a gala? Oh my gosh, question. <laughs> oh my goodness. I think about these gowns. Gowns, gowns, beautiful gowns. Okay, let's see. Um, of course, I love Tiana's gown. Mm-hmm. Um, who else has a gown that I really resonate with? Belle's gown, that yellow, that yellow is stunning. Mm-hmm. And yellow looks good mm-hmm. on black skin. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, that's a hard one. Oh, but I love green. Wait, who am I? I'm, I'm missing someone. What an Ariel well. What Ariel? What did she oh, wear? Oh, she had the pink one. Pink, real, yeah, real pink. Oh, it was the pink one. Okay, mm-hmm. no, no, no. I'm good. Pink. Um, <laughs> Cinderella's is a classic. Yeah, it's the blue. Mm. You know what? It's, it's between yet again, uh, Belle and Tiana, mm. and I think yellow's better on my skin. But I love Tiana's like the, the details of the dress, how they designed it. Yeah. And then when I actually see it, like in the park, sometimes I'm like. Y'all spent time sewing. Yeah. <laughs> so, Tiana. Yeah, I mean, thematically, yeah, absolutely. That dress is just like so fun, so killer. Yeah, and it, and it uh, also Bell's reflects like, classic. you know, the nature of like the swamp and like the leaves. So, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to go with, with Tiana. But, Belle, mm-hmm. you're up there, girl. Mm hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> no, Belle's, Belle's dress is beautiful. Like, what a yeah, classic. Yeah, also, like, pulling off yellow, I feel like is really tough in, in terms of. It's sort of an abrasive color. I don't know, like just on its own. Mm-hmm. It's really, it's really well put together. Yeah, I've been wearing a lot of yellow lately, so I, mm-hmm. I, I love yellow. So mm-hmm. hard one. <laughs> Good question. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, of course. Well, awesome. Thank you so much, Eddie, for playing in between with us. It's fun. And to our <laughs> <laughs> and to our audience, if you have any suggestions for future in between questions, send us a message either on Twitter or Instagram at straight ahead AP or send us an email at straight ahead podcast at gmail.com. Right, awesome. So without further ado, let's get started. Could you tell us how you landed your first job in the animation industry? It was prayer and faith. Um, it was just like, <laughs> thank you, God. You know, honestly, it was connections. Mm. I would say that. And not mm. saying like I had an in-person, but it's, the, it's connections through life that I've had. After school, I did not get a job right away. And I was like, kind of like, oh, no. It's kind of like some people have that kind of fear. Like they kind of get in there right away. Some people don't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But actually, funny story, along the little trail, after I uh, graduated from San Jose State, I was pretty burnt out from school. Mm-hmm. Um, I already went to community college and then went to school, five-year program. Mm-hmm. I was like, whoo, animation, I want to sit down, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I, so I got a job at Great America, which is a theme park here in Santa Clara. And I was performing at first. And then that kind of led me oh. to... Other odd end jobs. I was working in the wardrobe department, and that led oh, wow. me to becoming part of the decor team and helping like design and decorate the theme park for the different seasons. Oh wow! And yeah. I oh. made really good friends with 
the choreographer uh, at the park. And he was like always saying like, you know, I have a friend at Disney who works there. I'm like, you know, everybody says that, you know, when you're growing yeah. up. That's my works there. Oh, I'm like, I can, somebody like, works at Pixar, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, right. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, they never called me. So, but anyway, life happened, you know, and the pandemic happened. And I was like sitting there like at a job. And I started working at a school as a teacher. And it was on my, my prep period because teachers always give a prep period. Mm-hmm. Like just have like, there's no kids. Let me just mm-hmm. prepare for the next lesson. You know, what's going on? I had a phone call. A random phone call. I was like, I, I always answer like random numbers. I'm like, uh-uh. You know, and so I answered the call and then it's like, hey, hi, my name is such and such. My friend who I've known passed your name along and I've been watching your stuff and like, I got to show you to show it off to Bruce, you know, and then I had a meeting with Bruce. Um, he was like, man, I don't know why you haven't had a job yet. Let's get you on board, man. So like it just like the timing is really the timing, the planning, people I've, I've been meeting and the experience. Um, you kind of never know, and like I've been hearing a lot of times, even I'm from experience, like mm-hmm. it can be very hard breaking into the industry. But once you're in the industry, you have more connections with, with friends that you meet along the way. Mm-hmm. And then just really quickly, sorry, by Bruce, do you mean Bruce W. Smith? Oh yes, uh, Bruce W. Smith. I'm so sorry. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no first day basis like that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yes, Bruce W. Smith. My goodness. Yeah. Uh, creator of the Proud Family, for those that might not be aware. Creator of the Proud Family. Bebe's Kids. Uh, Space Jam. His first project, yeah. uh, I believe, was Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Been in the industry, you know, mm-hmm. just doing mm-hmm. amazing things. So and I spoke with Bruce and it was like a magical moment just to, just to talk to him because that's my inspiration when I'm, I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. So, so it's cool. kind of a weird path. Yeah, it's like just getting into it. Like, it's kind of like it was like timing, knowing people um, who are, see your talent and want to give you a shot. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. No, that's, that's amazing. Oh, it's, it's really nice that your friend uh, passed along your, your information, like actually did it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, because it's so funny. So I became close with the choreographer at uh, Great America because my first show I did there I had two left feet. I've never been classically trained how to dance. Oh, no. He was like, you can't dance. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh God. So my last year at San Jose State, I just took more dance classes. And I, for some reason, I just go into like this crazy mode of like, I'm going to nail this. Mm-hmm. And so that was my mindset. He saw how hard I worked. And literally in between, like, when I wasn't doing a show, I, my uh, father was a house painter. Mm-hmm. So I grew up painting houses. And so I was like, I hate this as a kid, but like it came in, in handy as an adult because I was painting like stages for like the Snoopy uh, shows and the Charlie Brown shows at the park and learning all these different skills I'd never thought I would use. Mm-hmm. And so he would see mm-hmm. me and he was like, you're really talented. You can actually draw. I'm like, what's going to school for, you know? And he was like, <laughs> okay. And you never know who you're going to talk to who, who will remember you. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I've learned to treat people right because mm-hmm. you never know when you'll see them again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, like, yeah, your your kind of journey after graduating from like San Jose State wasn't a direct path to the animation industry. You mentioned like the painting, uh, performance and stuff, but like, what other stuff were you kind of doing to kind of keep sharpening your your mileage, your drawing skills, your draftsmanship, or like that kind of take a backseat while you're Kind of seeing where life was taking you post-college. Um, honestly, yeah, I took a back seat. 
you know, it's weird because like it honestly felt like even when we were in school, I loved our program. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry, for viewers or listeners, we all went to school together, but I think I was class of mm-hmm. uh, twenty eighteen. Um, mm-hmm. So I was you guys twenty. You know, so like <laughs> it was like it was life, you know, that was yeah. we were consuming animation and media all the time, you know, but I also had this other life because I grew up in church and singing and that was equally as like important to me. And so really after school, I had a job performing out of the gate ah. doing the show so like mm-hmm. the day after graduation i was like on stage the next day you know working i was getting my money i was like give me my money you know uh-huh, so uh-huh. i was doing it was working <laughs> during that time it kind of like just kind of i put it down because I, honestly i was like auditioning for like hamilton and like those cards oh, came in my lap wow. i i didn't really my i wasn't into like musicals like that my friend at school because i was also very heavily in school a part of a theater program as much as mm-hmm. the animation program on campus because mm. we had to take acting classes as animators mm-hmm. and so they're like oh my god come back do some more acting classes you know so i guess i would say my skills were sharpened through acting during mm-hmm. that during this mm-hmm. time i think that's the one thing people like say to me like you're acting like by reference i took like a reference class at animation collaborative like mm-hmm. that really I loved acting of characters and like breaking down characters. So I guess when I wasn't animating, I was still performing, doing plays and like trying to tap into like how to be a better actor. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I would do auditions. I would always be driving down to LA or flying down to LA to go audition. Cause Hamilton always kept calling me back for Lafayette. And I was like, Oh my God, he, he is so oh. hard, <laughs> difficult to <laughs> rap for. Oh my gosh. He was so challenging. And so then the pandemic happened mm-hmm. and then everything just stopped. Right. Right. Doing all these things. And then it stopped and life hit me as I was um, working on an animation. Mm-hmm. This animation like just took a hold because the whole world had paused. So I had time. And I was like, I'm not performing. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing no zoom auditions. I'm not doing zoom performances. I was like, let me get back into this bag of animation. I love this stuff. I really do. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. for sure. Especially when the pandemic kind of first started, live action took a halt, but animation kept going. Mm-hmm. Oh, it thrived. I mean, it thrived, and absolutely. I was seeing it from the outside. I think. Yeah. I, I mean, like, <laughs> like you touched on it a couple of times, but like the animation you're referring to, it's it's uh, the woman cooking, right? Oh, let me tell you something. <laughs> I remember in school, it's people were listening. I remember, some, I forgot who, it was Mike Mikarevich. Someone came to the San yeah. State and they said, all you need is one good shot in your reel that will change the game. And he's like, all he's like, just one thing that's like, oh, we'll take that person because like, we could see something inside them. Mm-hmm. And for those, I'm encouraging those who are in school or not in school or not, you know, whatever your path is, don't feel discouraged uh, for what, you're, what you lack. You know, and find what you really, really love. And so I knew I loved acting. Mm. And this one shot that I did, and this is, um, it's, it's literally insane. Because this shot is what literally got me my job. Because mm. I'm not a traditional storyboarder. Mm-hmm. But of course, I know how to storyboard because I had to learn all the disciplines in school. 
and I was focusing more on animation. And when I wasn't mm-hmm. doing that, it was very like you know 3D heavy. Mm-hmm. It was like 3D yeah. all day long, you know. And then mm-hmm. my my graduating class, they want to focus more on on gaming. And I'm not really a gamer, so it was kind of hard for me to connect with making game cycles. And I knew I wanted to like get some kind of like something really good out of my reel. But mm-hmm. that didn't really happen because no one was doing 2D in, in school yeah. for the, us, like our senior year. So mm-hmm. um, my shot that I was doing of this woman cooking, it started off as a 3D shot. Oh, and interesting. Yeah. So it, mm. it, this shot actually, it's funny. This shot took me like two years to do. Because this is a long time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember I kept putting it like, down. seeing the progress over time and like really watching it come up over time was, I mean, obviously for you, it was happening during the, that whole two years. But I was like, wow, he's yeah. still working on it. And it's like, it's gorgeous. <laughs> it really Girl. is like the subtlety, like the acting, like you said, it's so strong. And it's got effects in there. Like, oh, God. Hey, OK, so it, the struggle. OK, the struggle bus. <laughs> so. Let's go. So yeah, yet again, it started off as a 3D shot, and Yuri Decker. Mm-hmm. I think he is the Beyonce of San Jose State. He is just so good <laughs> at everything he does. Nicole Castle too. I'm putting out there, but Yuri Decker. He always would like just reach back. And I love people like that. They mm-hmm. like they have so much to do because he was working at Pixar at this time, yeah. and he had so much to do. But I said, hey, I always send him something. Like send him like you know an update. And he said, you know, why don't you just like kind of do it in 2D? I was like, okay. So I like started doing that and like just muddling through it and it wasn't really working. And then I said, you know what? The acting is missing. Acting needs to be coming through. No matter how long your shot is, everything has to tell a story. No matter what. Mm-hmm. No matter if it's only for, uh, for one second, what is that one frame telling us? And so I knew I had to find a story. Who is this woman? And that's something with acting that we had to always do was like break down who is this character? What do they want? You know, mm-hmm. um, in their day-to-day lives. And you may not even see this on screen, but you as the animator should know everything about this, this character's life. Mm-hmm. And so now I went mm-hmm. back to the drawing board and I threw away the whole, whole shot. And shout out to Jeff Jackson. He always said in class, throw away your darlings. No matter how good the drawing is, if it's not working, Throw it away. You gotta be detached from it, and not have to like to throw things away and rebirth yourself, regrow. So this shot came from like 3D, 2D, and it was really stiff and 2D at first, and then went back to the acting, and then gave it to Yuri. Have your friends watch it, people that you trust. And I remember one day he just took my animation and retimed it. Ah, oh, I love a good retiming. He retimed it, <laughs> and I said, "That's the feeling." Mm-hmm. that's the moment and so he did that and i'll tell you the beauty of having friends everyone so that it went through yuri to retime my shot sam keston oh, oh i sam love keston. sam keston oh, bless sam and micah brandon mm-hmm. louis all these people school yeah. amazing connections mm-hmm. connections connections relationship relationships i remember i went to sam and sam was like i will paint this thing for free so a big sorry a big part i'm skipping part of the story a big part of the story um, during the pandemic, my father had passed away from COVID. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, man. And so I had to like, yeah, I had to like really um, pause my life. That's why that shot took so long because mm-hmm. life kind of just slaps you in the face and says, "I don't give a f about your life. Here's life." 
And so mm-hmm. all your dreams and when I have to just kind of pause. And so when I went through that, I was probably done with probably a portion of the animation. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to work on this every single day, <clears throat> every single day, no matter what. If it's literally one, sometimes I would just draw just one frame, mm-hmm. like just this one frame. And I can get really mm-hmm. obsessed, <laughs> like, like just let it go. But I'm glad I did. So I was like, just like one day, one step at a time. And I was also going to, um, in San Jose, not Milpitas, Mission Peak. And I never hiked Mission Peak before until the pandemic. And so I was like, ooh, this is a lot. And my roommate had told me, it's a lot, but each step is a step closer to the top. So I kind of put that in perspective, like each step, no matter what, one day it's one drawing, going to go, keep going. And then I finished the animation, but then I said, oh, snap, what is she smelling? There's no smoke. I never did a special effects animation. It's like, oh, no. So I'm like, <laughs> well, you don't know what you don't know. And so you got to just kind of get in there. And then Brandon stepped in. And because he was amazing in school at yeah. like. Brandon Louie, we had him on F- before. Absolutely oh. fantastic effects animator. Oh, mm-hmm. oh my God. I say, and I, I just like, I said, I don't know where he's at. But I'm going to reach out to him. I think he was in Australia. I think he's still, mm-hmm. he's still yeah. in Australia. Uh, I think he's he moved back. back. He moved back now. Okay. So at the time he was mm-hmm. in Australia, um, just doing special effects animation. I said, can you please just help me with this? And so <laughs> I actually animated it yet again. Like uh, Jeff Jackson said, throw your darlings. I animated it three times. Mm. Wow. Hand drawn. And I threw it. I, I was like, my first time doing it, I was like, this looks terrible. Mm-hmm. And I threw it away. The whole file. I was like, this does not look good. But I said, I'm crazy enough to get it right, though, and, and make sure that I'm not just rushing my art and get mm-hmm. it right. So I animated it three times. And then back to Bruce. I, I study this man. I was literally studying Emperor's New Groove. Mm. Great film. The, mm. the, the, the face that she makes in this animation, I studied Pacha when he said, the hills sing. Yeah. And his face, mm-hmm. gets, it's so much emotion in his face. And that's the same emotion I actually drew on her face. Like, you know, just like study, study uh, people, study y'all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I did not know how to animate smoke. And so I looked at the scene where Crunk is making the food in the kitchen. <laughs> and oh, I, puffs. <laughs> uh, uh, I think at the restaurant, at the restaurant. Um, oh, okay. uh, it's like that pill bug. He like knocks open yeah, or yeah. whatever it is. That's what I was oh, yeah, thinking yeah, yeah, yeah. too. And this, that's the smoke that I, I literally, every day, you guys, going on YouTube, step framing through each frame. How does Steam work? Reference. Watching science videos and making sure that it's, I get it. And then one day I just said, I kind of just remembered that curves are sexy. <laughs> Remember that. <laughs> okay. We love Jessica Rabbit because her personality, but them curves are sexy. So I was like, you know what? Let me add that to the emotion of the smoke too because effects can have style to it mm-hmm. every mm-hmm. every show has its own style of effects you know and so i was like i want this to feel smooth mm. you know and so i learned how to find a rhythm and studying and then one day i just put it out i was so scared because i was like i want this to be industry level because I, I i want a job you know i want to get in the industry i don't i don't want time to go by i've been performing but i want to go back to the and my hands in the animation industry. Mm-hmm. So I put it out, I think, on Instagram. 
And Instagram has horrible algorithms. Absolutely. And it Very did cool. not go nowhere. I was like, mm-hmm. well, that was a fun, like, you know, two years. Oh, it's yeah. this little tear <laughs> down in my face. And then I was not really on Twitter like that. Mm. And I put it on Twitter. And this is where Micah, your friends, I did not know how fast things can get retweeted like that. Micah retweeted it. And it just like went insane. People kept mm-hmm. sharing it. And people from the industry were like, oh, my God. And I was like, what is happening? I was kind of like not ready for this. You know, mm-hmm. I thought mm-hmm. times you don't feel like you're ready. You know, like I'm not there yet. You know, yeah. and so hearing those comments, nothing to validate me, but to see like you recognize the art, the time that I spent in this. And I wasn't trying to go for the praise. I was just thinking to myself after my dad died, I want to finish something, you know, that I'm proud of, you know. And then when I look back at it, I'm like, I did that. <laughs> I, just, I got blanked out. <laughs> like, I just kind of blanked out sometimes. But that all came like, you know, people saw and recognized that like, you know, oh, man, he can tell a story. Mm. You know, he does mm-hmm. have attention to detail. That's why I love it. I love detail. I love detail. And I worked even really hard on like the drawing the background. I did not paint it. Mm-hmm. Like I said, Sam Keston, like I said, please take this and just paint. <laughs> but I had to spend time like, you know, being a biz dev artist and like using all the skills that I had to learn. Mm-hmm. And I was like drawing the background. I was like, wow, I have a, a, a deep respect for the background designers. Like, <laughs> I love you guys because it's a lot of details to, <laughs> yeah. to, to, to account for, you know. So, yeah, it was like the right timing, right space, right place. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. I know you just uh, kind of had your big break and you are a storyboard revisionist right now, but do you ever see yourself kind of continuing to pursue animation, like as opposed yeah. to story, right? Yeah, I know. I, I, I do. And it's, it's hard when people ask me to do it. Also, I'm like, do you know the time that goes into animation? <laughs> like, you know, because <Yeah. laughs> animation, mm-hmm. it takes a team of people to do it, everyone. Because mm-hmm. um, my shot might be like five seconds long, but it's a... You know, it's a long time, but I, I do, I would love to go back mm. to animation because that's where my heart is at. I love seeing a character move, you know, bringing them to life. I think that is so uh, special. In, in a 2D capacity or a 3D capacity, or does it not really matter to you? Um, you know, as of right now, I want to keep, I, I want to keep doing 2D right now, you know, cause I was mm. told, we kept being told in school, like, you know, 2D is dead. Yeah. You know, and it's not really lucrative. And it, it kind of is it's a little hard, you know, because I, I have to say that's the reason why I didn't get a job right away. Because we're looking for mostly three animators in the States, mm-hmm. you know, and you got to go to Canada, you know, Georgia, you got to move away. Yeah. But also was recognizing and realizing like, you know, anime is not dead at all. And that's mm-hmm. like 2D all day. You know, it is not mm-hmm. dead whatsoever. And so... Also, I found out that people love and connect with like hand drawn so much. It's like you feel it because it feels like it's human made, you know, like like one spent time to make that. I have never done this, but I stop motion. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Mm. Had not touched it at all. But I, I mean, like, wow, I, I would love to someday, but mm. I just like, let me just focus on story right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Man, uh, no, like, I, I was just listening to like a talk of Guillermo del Toro and like just kind of referencing stop motion and what you were talking about, like acting and stuff. Uh, One of the things that he really wanted to sell is that he wanted all the animators 
was were basically like the actors they got like front billing on like when it came to like credits because they were like hey don't go for motion go for emotion when mm-hmm. moving when moving these puppets and like yeah like let the puppet move you like if there's something that's meant to happen in the board but like you feel like the puppet's taking you a different direction let it take you there like mm-hmm. see where it goes and like i feel like everything that you're talking i feel like you would probably really resonate really really well with that motion if you ever gave it a try yeah yeah oh god pinocchio was so beautiful my my, my mm-hmm. word i just Gorgeous like movie. think i would someday i would say like if in my old age of like hopefully 60 that i had <laughs> that point made you know like i'm going to be directing a stop motion film you know i would love to it's just a special medium um no matter where you see it at it's an old medium that's classic and i feel like will never go away if there's people mm-hmm. who love it they'll never go away yeah so something I kind of want to ask, because we've talked about like your journey from getting to the point that you are now. What is it like working on the Proud Family series revitalization, the Proud Family Louder and Prouder? A dream come true. <laughs> I would say that. <laughs> like, if you would have told me five years ago, my first job would be on the reboot of the Proud Family. I would say you're crazy because there's no reboot. And then I would say... <laughs> You're insane because, like, how would I be on my the, the, the literally the show that inspired me to do this? Mm. Mm-hmm. That's what's insane to me, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I've now am a witness to what is for you is meant for you, mm. and you can't rush it. Being on the Proud Family, <laughs> it's a very insane experience as far as like to be <laughs> on the show that that you idolized as your first show, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. also I'm just like meeting so many talented people so many and to the youngest of listeners proud family was a groundbreaking show mm-hmm. um it was so groundbreaking i remember um i'm from Vallejo, california so it's about hour north from san jose and when the proud family came out in 2001 it was such a big deal it was on the front page of our paper wow wow yeah it was just like a black leading family like a sitcom coming to Disney. Before that, it was nothing. I think the only black representation that I saw was like Recess. I can't remember what's the kid's name. Recess. Oh. Um, there's always like Vince, one- Vance. Van, Vance. Yeah. I was, like, I was like one like black kid that was like, you know, the sidekick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was the, you know, the, the token representational character. Yeah. We always play basketball. I don't play basketball, you know? So I was like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I can relate to that, you know, and so we had like one or two here and there. When the Proud Family came out, I was like, who and what is this? You know, and I, to this mm-hmm. day, I still have like a VHS of this was for Proud Family. And it came on every Friday and I made sure I recorded every episode. And then oh, well, I had God. to watch episodes back because, you know, like, okay, no reruns. Let's just rewind the tape, you know, and then we get more episodes mm-hmm. as they come out. And I literally had like probably like two VHS tapes of like, the Proud Family, and I would watch it all the time. I think I was in fifth grade, I believe. It was in fifth grade. Mm. Yeah. And so, like, that inspired me to, like, you know, just to draw more and to, like, actually have my own cartoon characters. I already was a Disney fan. I was, I went to Disneyland as a kid, so I loved that part. But this show was like, wow, it's me on TV. Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. And funny part, like, you know, throughout this whole time of me doing this animation, 
I always like listen to different podcasts, listen to your podcast as I'm working. Oh. <laughs> I'm not even joking. It's funny. Like, it's crazy. Listen to like the black and animated podcast. Mm, right. Yeah. And mm. crazy thing at the premiere for season two, I ran to like the host of the show. I'm like, do you know I listen to your podcast to get this job? Was it Brie or uh, Way? Brie. It was Brie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Brie. And yeah. like, I finally had to meet them in person. Like, you never know what you kind of hear. Like, oh, that's the host. Like, in my brain, I'm kind of crazy a little bit. I'm like, if I hear somebody talking, like, I'm going to be friends with Beyonce one day. It's going to happen. <laughs> I don't know how to have to manifest it. You know, you got to manifest shit. You guys got to manifest it. You know, and I was like, kept telling myself, you know, I'm going to be on something. But I didn't know my manifestation mm-hmm. was going to get me to this point of being on the show that basically raised me. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and Bruce actually said in the interview, the show never got canceled. It just, they just stopped ordering more episodes. So it's like we're coming back with another season, you know? So, <laughs> and then I was a fan at first, just watching the show because I was a high school teacher. Shout out to Ace Charter High School. I was teaching and then season one came out. So I was just a fan, just watching like, oh, wow, that's cool. I would love to be on that show, you know? Didn't think a year later I'd be on the show. You know, mm. so it's been a wild, crazy experience. I've loved the people that I've met. And it's also fantastic to come into a pitch meeting and just hear things from a Black perspective. It's weird. Mm-hmm. It's weird because it's not the norm. And now it's becoming the norm. And it's amazing that those after me, this is the standard. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. before we said, like, can you name a Black animator people always go to floyd norman and bruce and there's so many people in between that you kind of like miss sometimes but now i'm mm-hmm. seeing them you know before i, I never saw them mm-hmm. a, a amazing experience dude no that's just that's awesome man i'm really happy for you and like you're in the position you are now something else that i kind of want to ask is that you've been like trained as an animator animation has been the thing that you worked on especially the animation for the past two years has it been like a brain switch for you kind of working as a storyboard revisionist? Like, how has that been? Oh, uh, yeah, I would say it is a little bit of a switch, but not too difficult. Because mm-hmm. um, I remember when in school, shout out to Raquel, because like she will always <laughs> tell the story kids, take my class, because if you know how to animate, you know how to do story and vice versa. Like, they, they, they're just so married together, mm-hmm. you know, because storyboarding is still movement. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's still how you tell the story, the beats, you know, it's just like kind of like giving the, the chunk animations, giving you like the, the pages. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm like, oh, man, wait, you're not animating. Let this little arc go. You know, I just let it go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Move on, <laughs> you know. But one thing I love about story I, is that setting up a shot, composition of a shot and like watching live action television. I love watching like. I love watching cartoons all day, but watching like, like you know, real t- TV, uh, watching films, it is mm-hmm. so gorgeous now coming from a story perspective. I'm like, mm-hmm. how do you get us from this point to that point? You know, what do the story artists do? Mm-hmm. Oh my God, wait, I'm going to do a little plug. Vox Machina. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you, have you, are, you, are you guys watching that show? I haven't seen, uh, I've the seen new snippets season. online, but I know we've had a couple of uh, leak. Shout out to Lee Cree. Shout out to. Saran, yeah, uh, who have worked on the show. Yeah, uh, let me tell y'all, that's one show 
that has storyboarded the hell out of everything. It's so much tension. <laughs> I was on the couch screaming for these damn dragons. I was like, what is happening? So, Vox, shout out to y'all. You guys, like, that's how you can, like, I love animation because you can, like, really do anything in story. Mm-hmm. There's no budget. Like, I mean, of course, things cost, but, like, you know, we ain't got to, like, hire this makeup artist for this and set design. No, we can go anywhere. And that's one show up's like, man, they are telling a story, the camera angles, how they're doing the shot this shot. Ooh, like, so I'm, I'm loving story and like seeing how this bringing this whole project together. Mm-hmm. You know, we are the first mm-hmm. in of the visuals. You know, that's what I love about it. And like, as a revisionist, it is amazing because like, I may be touching up something like really small. Like, can you please change Dijanae's hair? In this mm-hmm. thing, or I, and yet again, back to the acting. I think they saw me. I'm not giving nothing away. Disney, listen, okay. But I think they saw <laughs> me like really spending time on the acting for uh, one of the characters, um, one of the girl sisters, Nubia. And they were like, Eddie can act. So one thing they're doing right now is like really giving me moments like this part needs a little more acting. Eddie, can you take mm. this? Mm, nice. So. So knowing your strengths, so I know like I I like to like see a character give an acting moment, mm-hmm. you know, and like now they keep like, hey, can we help you grow? And that's one thing I'm loving about Proud Family is that they give me the room and the space to grow. Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. I felt like I had to figure had it all figured out before I got a job. And like, no, 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 we all kind of like you know we we are better at this than that, you know. But if you want to grow and get better at it. Here's some resources. I love that. Mm-hmm. But that's even a thing as well. Like I know like in storyboarding, when people are kind of forming out their team, some people are good all rounders. Some people are really good at specific things. So when you're breaking down the handoff for an episode, like, oh, hey, let's give the action section to this person. Let's give the emotion section to this person. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a there's a musical sequence that goes to this person. And for you, it seems like if there's revisions that come back that like, hey, this character need more acting, it feels like you're going to be the go to person. Like you're finding your thing that you shine in yes one thing i've also learned with storyboard storyboarding is that there is no ego there mm-hmm. is no ego if it's not serving the story there's no hard feelings you may have had an amazing drawing but if it is not working cut it you know and letting go mm-hmm. of back to that the same thing that jeff jackson said about letting go of your darlings cut them mm-hmm. you know if it's not working and i love that i felt like sometimes when in the animation space not not that's not true but like ego can be a thing because, you know, you can because you can see a style of acting mm-hmm. uh, in animation. You definitely can see it. Mm-hmm. Like when you see Bruce's stuff, you know, Bruce did it. You see Glenn Keane's stuff, you know, you can see it. You can see their style. Mm-hmm. And so with storyboarding, you, don't, you, can't, you can't see the style sometimes because like everyone's touching it mm-hmm. to make it better, mm-hmm. you know, and there's no hard feelings about it. It's just mm-hmm. does it serve the story. Does it serve the character? Mm-hmm. Does it serve mm-hmm. the moment? So I love that. I love that. Very yeah. collaborative. I feel mm-hmm. like, um, especially going into an industry position, I know nobody like ever means to be sort of like attached to their ego or too attached to like, you know, oh, me as an artist. But I think that is one thing that you have to learn. Like you say, like, you know, detaching from from your own work and like killing your your darlings and doing all that stuff because it's really easy to like pour yourself into art right and then when it's like oh this this scene actually isn't working just cut it or whatever it's like oh that kind of hurts but 
It's going mm-hmm. to happen a lot. And it's not like a personal thing. And you have to figure out how you can, you know, detach yourself from the work so that yeah. everything can build towards that goal, that vision, you know, of, of mm-hmm. what yeah. the episode is going to be. And if you love, I find, I'm finding now, if you really love the story, uh, I know sometimes you kind of just kind of have to get a job, you know, like sometimes you might not be attached to the story or the characters. Mm-hmm. But for me, I am attached to the Proud family. It's one thing Bruce is like, you're a fan of the show. That's the best to work on a show when you're a fan of it. You love the characters and you I love agree. the growth of those characters. Yeah. And it's weird because like, yeah, it's like Penny was there when I was in middle school, in high school, you know, so I kind of know them a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And so now it's like, I want the story, story to be amazing. You know, how can it be the mm-hmm. best story we can tell? And I might say, listen, they are telling some good, good stories. Mm-hmm. This, uh, I, I say, besides, Duck, I think DuckTales is amazing. This is one of the best Disney like, reboot shows. And it's so amazing to see the kids really connect with it. And I know that Twitter isn't having, some people on Twitter are not having the best time with some of the topics that Proud is covering, <laughs> you know, but it is the truth. It's fine, you know, they can but stay like, mad. <laughs> like, listen, I, and there's many people, it goes through many people, executives that they know what they're doing. They know what they're telling because there's a group of people that have been excluded from Disney. And from mm-hmm. the, you know, it's been, it's been excluded from feeling a part of, you know, um, when I was growing up in the 90s, you know, it was if I wasn't a white, ki- a white male, a white kid, I wasn't seeing myself in the story. Mm-hmm. You know, the empowerment that we're giving kids of all races, it's really great to see. Even seeing like yeah. my, my niece or my little, uh, my little cousin, and I think I'm a superstar. I'm like, girl, hold on. I got to go to work. Every day, I'm not a superstar. <laughs> I'm just a piece in the machine. But like, it's inspiring to see, like, oh my god, my uncle works on this show. Mm-hmm. You know, that as yeah. a, a black girl, and I'm a black girl. You know, it, it's amazing to see that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So something I kind of also want to ask you is that kind of we're on this topic, especially working on the show like The Proud Family. How does like your cultural background kind of influence you, your art, and like what you do at work? I think it influences a lot because Proud Family, to the, its core essence, you know, it's a black sitcom from the 90s. Mm-hmm. Like, shout out to Ralph, who created like Moesha and uh, the Parkers, which are shows that I, I grew up watching on UPN, you know, seeing Brandy every day. That was like, wow. And literally, it's, the show is really based off like Moesha and the Parkers. Like, Penny Proud is... Uh, Moesha and uh, Dijanae is, uh, you guys know, these characters uh, is Kim. Like, they're the same kind of dynamic. And that was what, that's what I grew up on. That was the part of the Black community, you know, these sitcoms. And when the show came out, you know, every Black celebrity was trying to rush to get on the show. They asked, <laughs> I will say two lines because it, it wasn't there. And so, literally, my mm-hmm. culture, my experience, my background plays a huge part of what I bring to the table. Because mm-hmm. like, even for example, talking about Nubia, where I was working on, on her one day and she was saying a line that I grew up with this kid. You know, I went to high school. There was like, you know, fights every day, some girls and gangs. And that's, this, that's who this character is. And so now I'm acting it. 
I can pull from reference of my life, mm. from what I've mm-hmm. seen. And these kids are, this proud family is based in LA, mm. La Cienega Boulevard is, that's a street. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I did not realize that, you know, I did not really know. <laughs> and Wizard Kelly is um, Magic Johnson, uh, who owned many theaters back in the day. You know, uh-huh. it's literally uh-huh. just, literally, as my family comes from Louisiana, half of us went to the Bay Area, the other half went to LA. Mm-hmm. So I want to I visit my LA cousins, we go to Crenshaw. We go to um, all these places that like in you know, black communities. And when I see it on the show, it's like, oh, my God. And that's just my life. You know, I know mm-hmm. those people. That's my, that's my cousin. That's my family. And so my cultural experience is everything. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was I had, I had to tone it down in school. I had to, I, that's what I felt like, you know, because mm-hmm. there was a. I'm not going to say no names, but like, you know, a comment was said to me, <laughs> we always do like, you know, animation sequence or a little shot. And I always purposely would pick black characters that if I found a black 3D model, which was very rare mm-hmm. in school, it was always mm-hmm. Malcolm. That was like the, the easy, like default white man rig, <laughs> Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and I could not find any other ones. When I did find them, I would use them all the time, all the time. Mm-hmm. And so someone said to me, Oh, I think I was using, I had a, a game cycle and it was a, a blue alien. And someone said, oh, Eddie finally didn't use any black characters of the, of the school year. Like, wait, what? Like, that was so recognizable that I was using black characters all the time. Uh, all right. Nobody ever says, wow, you're only using Malcolm. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> right, was that right. The call like, out? <laughs> someone called me out and was like, Eddie, this is like the first character you haven't used that wasn't black trying to be funny about it i was like haha but like but that's also like wow that's also just the core of me screaming mm-hmm. to use characters that look like me yeah mm-hmm. you know and also being in this space of the proud family that's not a second thought mm-hmm. cultural things it's like it's already there in the room in the writing room which makes a big difference mm-hmm. that's why i love seeing like any film, you know, that has people of color in it, you know, what is your life? What is your experience? So, yeah, my culture is everything. I'm putting it in there without no shame because mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. someone that needs to see it. Yeah. Someone needs yeah. to see it. Oh, that's so beautiful. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Before we get into our final question, where can our audience find you? And is there anything else you want to promote? You guys can find me on Instagram. I'm going to do a lot better about being on social media um, at... <laughs> It's uh, timeless underscore Eddie, but it's not spelled the same, the proper way that you think timeless is spelled. It is T-I-M-3-L-E-S-Z underscore Eddie. Eddie's the regular, no, <laughs> E-D-D. Um, and on Twitter, you can find me at E. Clark Animation. Awesome. Yeah, guys, cool, cool, go man. check out, please go check out that shot that we were gushing about for like 20 mm-hmm. minutes because it is <laughs> absolutely beautiful it really is like i know it took you two years but it's such it's so inspirational i don't know i i love that shot love the acting the subtlety like everything Mm -hmm. in it like you said you know it only takes one good shot and that's a perfect example really it's crazy Mm -hmm. it's like when you put your heart into something people will recognize it Mm -hmm. i think Mm -hmm. out of all the animation shots i haven't done a lot but all the animation shots that I've done, my heart wasn't all the way in it. And then this moment in life, it's like, you know what? Just put it all. Give it all. Mm-hmm. 
tell your story. What is it that you like? And don't be ashamed of it. If you're in school or whatever, listeners, whatever you like, just like it to the wheels fall off because you never know like what's going to come out of it. My thing was I love Disney. I love the Muppets. I love corny stuff. I love black sitcoms. And I put it in something and people recognized. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I would love to keep talking to you all day. But like we do have to start winding down. And as we come to a close, is there any final advice you want to bestow on those who want to pursue a career in the animation industry? Just do it. Like, just get your hands dirty. You don't have to go to school necessarily. I'm learning. I'm learning that now. Like, just wherever you find education, wherever you find a mentor, just do it. If you love painting, paint. If you love designing clothes, and like, I love being a fashion, but I don't see a spot for me in animation. There's a spot for you somewhere. Trust and believe. You know, some character needs a design. Somebody needs this and that. If you love just doing music, there's a spot for you even with doing sound engineering. Like, come on, just get in here. Mm-hmm. We need you. Mm-hmm. Well put, man. Yeah, perfect. Well, thanks again for joining us, Eddie. And if you, audience member, enjoyed our interview today, please rate and follow us on Anchor, Spotify, or wherever you tune in. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at StraightAheadAP. If you have any suggestions for future guests, please contact us on social media or send us an email at straightaheadpodcast at gmail.com. We love discovering new professionals and want to use this platform to boost these voices of the future. Special thanks to our editor, Ashley Itlion. And finally, a big thanks to our music composer, Daniel Rodier. Thanks again for listening. And thank you once again to our guest, who has a bright future straight ahead. Until next week, have a wonderful day. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.